this morning you might have a hard time just opening to a text. I don't just have a text. There's multiple places in Scripture that I want to take you. So as uh, you're putting connection cards and, and checks and cash in, uh, I ask you to just open your Bible. Just, just open it. I'll, I'll tell you where to go. And you were given a bulletin, a worship guide. When you came in on the back, there's a place for uh, taking notes. Okay, I'm ready to go. I'm sorry. Sorry I had to do that. Here's what I want to do today. I've called this message basically lifting holy hands. And what's going to happen is uh, it's a lot more than you think. The songs are are fitting about our hands and worship to our king. But if that's all you get out of this message, you've kind of really missed uh, the crux of where I want to go. I'll start this way. Some would say, I'm not a hand raiser. I've heard that a lot of times over the last 16 years. I understand that. And we're an interdenominational church, so there certainly is an opportunity. There's certainly, uh, I think, scripture that would support there. We can have an expression of uplifted hands. And you see that some do and some don't. And some decide to, some learn to, some, you know, just don't. And that's okay because, you know, we don't know the heart of man and woman. We don't know what's going on inside you, only the Lord God. And what I want to say over and over today is I'm praying that you come with a heart prepared to worship. Now, part of that for me is, is just an expression with my hands. But it's not uncommon for me to use my hands. Have y'all ever noticed that I use my hands? Yeah, I, I use them a lot. I mean, they just, matter of fact, I've knocked down some people. They walk by me. I'm too that. Oh, excuse me. I didn't mean to knock that tray out of your hands, you know? It's just who I am. Some of you are not as demonstrative. That's a good word, isn't it? And you, you never use your hands. You just kind of, you're just kind of cool with them. And you sit and you stand and you worship and you're a quiet worshiper. That, that's an awesome thing. We, we want to bring honor to that because that brings honor to Jesus. But some of you are, are two hands and one hand and half a hand and getting out of your pocket. And that's okay. And I just want you to have the freedom. I don't want you to think that I'm trying to force you. Matter of fact, I, I was kind of curious. Jeff and I didn't get to talk but this morning. We have heavy prayer on Thursdays before we come up here. And then this morning, everything's running with teams and one-on-one. And I just love that scripture that he read over us and what he called us to the water. He called us to worship. And once again, it was just the heart of what I want to say today. Jesus has called us to be worshipers in spirit and truth. And the church said, Jesus wants you to worship. He just wants you to come prepared. This morning, I don't know if it's because we got a lot of guests or what, but there were more people in here at 10.02 than I've seen in a long time. And I go, glory to God. Sometimes in here at 10 o'clock, it looks like, Jeff, it's going to be a slim picking today, bro. And by about 10, 15, some of you come in, and all I'm saying is I'm, I'm kind of admonishing you. I'm kind of getting on you, but I'm doing it in love. I want you to come early. I long for the day. Let me repeat that. I long for the day that y'all come about 15 minutes early and show up, and the living room fills up, and I walk in, and I can't even find the seat. That would just make my day because you were preparing yourself to worship him. You prepared yourself last night by going to bed early. You're prepared this morning by getting up and meeting with him. You just prepared in your heart. But let me get into this. I got a lot to say today because we exalt Christ together. Right across the top of your outline, you see a passage from 1 Timothy 2.8. Look at it with me. Therefore, I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without angering or disputing. Here he is, that great man of the faith. And he's encouraging them. You're saying, well, Keith, that's not a praise and worship time. Probably not, but it was a prayer time. 
And he instructed them to, to lift holy hands, to, to praise the Lord. All through the Psalms, I've read them over and over. I'll give you a lot of scriptures today that talk about uplifted hands. And that's just a part of what I'm trying to say today. It's a much broader concept. In Psalm 134.2, lift your hands in the sanctuary, praise the Lord. And for me, I just take that literal and I lift my hands in the sanctuary. Some of you are like, well, I'm not there. I'm not free. There's no condemnation. I, you, know, you know what I think Christ has called Christ Community Church to be? Not a church of legalism, not a church of being religious, but he's called us to be a church of freedom. And the church said, just to worship. Now, if you come and you're distracting and you're texting your grocery list to somebody or you're doing something else on your iPad or your iPhone, shame on you. But I know some of you are like, but look at me, Pastor. I can take really good notes on here. I've got my Bible on here. That's awesome. Some of you are saying, I don't have an iPad or iPhone or I anything, but I, I got paper and I just pass notes to people. Hey, I did youth ministry for a long time. That used to be one of my biggest things on Sunday night. They go, you take control of hundreds of youth in the sanctuary that they're passing notes. Yeah, that, see how that works for you. Listen to Psalm 141.2. David said, let my prayer be set forth before, the, before you as incense and the lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. The lifting of holy hands in worship to the Lord is consistent with Scripture. But there's, I want you to know this, there's lots of postures in worship. One weekend, I did a message in here, you came in, the room was dark. It is incredibly a place of solitude and reflection and quietness. And that is a great way to worship, is to come in and be still before the Lord, to sit in His presence. Another thing, Heather did a great job to stand. I love when she sings that song. And we stood this morning in worship of our king, and that's another way we worship. Another thing is called these hands that God gave us. I like to use mine. Many of you do. Some of you don't. And we clap with them. And we use those to praise the Lord. Amen. And there's different postures. And in one posture, I wrote a whole book on it. Neology. Kneeling before the Lord. Does this posture right here make me more spiritual than you sitting in your chair? No. Does this posture help me to contemplate the greatness of God? It does. It lets me realize that I make a declaration to him of dependence on him, but there's nothing more spiritual about me being on my knees and you standing on your head. And some of you, and you're saying, wow, I'm kind of getting, I just want you to look at what the Bible says. You, you know what I prayed about this message? that you would just read the scripture and you'd ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you and say, Lord, what should my expression be today? And you know, I believe the Father will speak to you. Do you believe that, church? I believe he'll speak to you. If you're listening, you're like, well, I never asked him what he wanted me to do. It's a great thing to do as we come into the house of the Lord. As we uh, I, I look at postures, lifting hands, bowing, kneeling, standing, sitting, crying, whatever it is, we, that's not really a posture, okay. But I just write in the margin, it's just a spiritual act of reverence, our postures before a holy God. David identified the purpose of lifting hands. It was just a way to praise him. It just uh, identified that we were his. It just was a part of the corporate worship experience that we have on Sunday morning called celebration. Lamentations, write this verse down. I'm going to give you a lot of verses. I hope you're writing it down. Lamentations 341. Let us lift our hearts and our hands to the God of heaven. Now, I want you to notice what it said in there. The first, first thing it said, let us lift our, what? Hearts to God and our hands to the God of heaven. See, God is so interested in your heart and mind this morning. 
He wants pure worshipers, sincere, devoted, holy worshipers of the heart. A transformed heart that Christ reigns in, a Christ that the Holy Spirit's filling your life. And this morning, just from that simple passage, saying, God, that's what you want. You want a heart that joins hands and repentance for you. It just worships you, Father. And this morning, I pray that we'll get in on that. Maybe we got in on that earlier. But I know that God wants our heart before he wants our hands. So you could come in here and you could be wicked. You could be sinful. You could have adulterous. You could have lustful. You could have murderous. You could have all kind of really bad thoughts. And you could have both hands wide open. And somebody go, look at that worshiper. But their heart wouldn't be right with God. And the Father says, I want you to have a posture of worship, and it starts in your heart, and then you raise your hands. And, and so I have to be careful. I'm a very demonstrative person. I understand that. It's just who I am. I'm an extrovert. I told the 101 class today. We had a precious woman today. She came to our church last weekend. I wasn't here. She came to 101 today. That's bold. She watched me during 101 and thought, man, what have I gotten into? What is this church? But you know, I'm just so glad that the body's made up of many parts. How about you, church? And we got different gifts and how y'all relate and how we relate one to the other. And it's so important and it's so needed. So let's continue to move through this. Uh, God looks for a posture of surrender, yielded power, giving him control, giving him praise. And we'll talk about the surrendered life. But look at the message truth there in the middle of the page. Our lifted hands are just symbolic for the posture of our heart. Our God desires a surrendered heart and our lifted hands are a way to express our devotion and our adoration to our king you know i've used this illustration before but it works when i go to a ball game i don't go from the person i am on this platform and all of a sudden i just freak out and go ha i'm excited now matter of fact if i go to a ball game i have no i have been known to have a coca-cola at the ball game that's a little scary that's got caffeine in it okay see i try to restrict the caffeine before i get up here so you can hang with me okay but I, I don't go, ah, oh, touchdown. I've turned around and I've high-fived more drunks. I've high-fived pagans. I, I clap my hands. I yell. I even watch little people that are kind of quiet and timid, and, and they, they'll even do the wave at a, at a ball game. It's just, wow. And I'm not going to ask y'all, let's come in here next weekend and let's do the wave of Christ community around the room. Hey, hey, let's do it here. Hey. What, are we, a bunch of freaks or something? I don't think so. But it just wants to worship. Are you kind of getting the heart of what I'm trying to say this morning? Just worshiping the Lord God Almighty. Psalm 134.2. Lift your hands in the sanctuary. Praise the Lord. Psalm 63.4. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name I will lift up my hands. But I'll bless you, Lord. Now there's three postures I want us to look at quickly this morning. Number one, write it down. The posture of fighting. Sometimes we get into the posture of just fighting God. We just fight because we didn't get our way. God didn't answer the prayer the way I wanted it to be answered. Man, I've been there with that before. We battle God. We've been hurt by somebody. We've hurt somebody else. There's just a posture that we put off that our posture is defensive. We won't draw near to him. We, uh, we fight with Jesus Christ. We resist him. We resist his presence we fight our identity, our freedom that Jesus Christ has come to give us. For some reason, we want to be holy, but then at that point, we don't want to be like God. And we resist the identity that he has. We, we are taken captive 
by the philosophies of this world by the deceit of the devil himself look at colossians chapter 2 and other passages begin to talk about that we buy into the notion that our children or our spouse or our money or our house or our position or our accomplishments they define who we are but let me say to you i want you to write this down if you don't hear anything i say today let jesus christ define who you are and let jesus christ be your identity and the church said that's your true identity who christ says you are one of my favorite artists that Hannah's really introduced me to over the last years, and she sings a lot of her music, Carrie Job. She's got a song that she sings, I Am For You. I listened to it over and over last weekend on my iPod, just praying that for our little girl, but I was praying that God is for me. But let me tell you, God's just not for me. God is for you today, friend. And God has a future and a purpose and a hope for you. And let God define your identity this morning. And yet it's so easy in this world to get sucked into letting everything else be my identity. But Christ says, I want to be your life. Let me be your identity. Follow him. Here's a kind of a practical thing. Maybe this will speak to you. Some people go, well, you know, I'm just an angry person. I, I'm, a, I'm an angry man. I would say, no, you're not, a, you're not an angry person. You're a child of God who struggles with anger. Another person go, well, I'm just a lustful man. Well, you might be, but really, if, if you're in Christ, Christ doesn't really say that you're a lustful person. He says you're a child of God who struggles with lust, but you can overcome through the power of the Holy Spirit. Does that give anybody hope this morning? See, I'm surrounded by people that are in bondages possibly, and Christ wants to break out in us through his presence. And we'll talk about his presence. We, we fight from victory. We, we fight from the victory of the cross. We don't fight for victory. We fight for the victory that's already been secured at the cross and at the tomb, at the empty tomb. And I praise my Savior for that this morning. You're fighting from victory to victory. You're not fighting for the victory. The victory's already been won. You're a victorious person. Matter of fact, I want you to write down this verse. I, I, wrote, I wrote on this verse of, uh, about a month or so ago on a prayer brochure I do. It's Exodus 15.3. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. I love that. The Lord is strong. The Lord is mighty. The Lord is a stronghold. The Lord is a fortress. The Lord is my God. The Lord is my warrior. The warrior fights for me in heavenly places. I'm an overcomer in Jesus Christ. Is anybody getting the truth into your spirit this morning? Is anybody getting the truth into you this morning, church? You're an overcomer. You're victorious. You're like, dang, no way that I can overcome that. You can in Christ. All things are possible to those that believe. I don't know what it is. I mean, we're all battling different things in this room this morning. And I just want to come and get us in some identity. But let's look at the second posture. It's just a posture of doubt. You don't really believe that God can do that. You've just got your arms folded. Ah, they're folded, God. I don't, I don't really believe you can do that, God. Uh, if you did, you, you wouldn't do it for me. I don't, I don't think you love me. Sure, he loves you. He cares about you. Well, God, I'm, I, I just don't believe. I'm, uh, I've been heard. I'm just going to wall off my heart. And you wall off your heart to the Spirit. My, my prayer in this message today is that we get postures of brokenness and openness to the Lord. And we invite him to come and rule afresh this morning. Who is this King of glory? He is Jesus. He's here. He wants to come and he wants to dwell and he wants to begin to, to fill us and let us let go of a hurt. But this doubt, if we hang on to it, some, some of you today might have spiritual doubt. You, you doubt the word of God. You doubt the, the faithfulness of God. You doubt the love of God. And my prayer is that you will be driven to the scriptures and through your love 
for Christ, your love for his word, Christ will build in you hope that will not disappoint. This book is a book of eternal hope and comfort. When I read it daily and read it all the time, I I find strength for the journey, and so do you. And if you're not reading it, I'm begging you to begin to say, God, you're great. Here's a thought. God is great in character. In the book of Deuteronomy, if you'll write down Deuteronomy 32.3, it says, I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Oh, praise the greatness of our God. I love that great song, How Great Is Our God, that we sing around here. Oh, God is great. 2 Samuel 7.22, How great you are, O sovereign Lord. There is no one like you, and there is no God but you. And as you have heard with your own ears, but God, you are great. The Lord this morning, he is great in deeds and might. The Lord is great and he is for you. The Lord is great in salvation. And yes, the Lord is great in provision. And he can make all provision that you have for your life in Christ Jesus. Do you believe that, church? Do you believe Christ is the great provision for your life? No, I thought it was my employer. No. It's just a tool that God uses, your employer. Ultimately, every good and perfect gift comes from above. Right now, I'm the pastor for 16 years, the founding pastor of this wonderful fellowship. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We're having some financial challenges while we're having some great things happening in the church of the living Christ. And, some, and I look to you, but I look to God. Is you're faithful to tithe and give, the church flourishes. And as you withhold, the church hurts. But I have to do the same thing you do in the marketplace. I have to go above you. I have to go to our God. I'm giving somebody some truth today. You've been looking at the wrong place. You need to look to the Father. Is that helping anybody in here today, church? This is truth that I'm learning. You see, in my 30 years of ministry, I pretty much had everything I wanted. And right now, there's some struggles that we're not able to do some things. Oh, oh, that's kind of hard. What, what is this about? It's a faith walk. It's the same faith walk you're having. But I'm asking you, are you being faithful? Another message for another day. So there's this posture here. God, I don't want to doubt you. I want to expect, God, that you're working. And just write down Mark 9, 23 and 24. There's a father of a demonized son. And, and this father, his heart is filled with unbelief. His heart is filled with doubt. And that could be you this morning. You want to believe, but your faith has waned. Your faith has wavered. Your faith has diminished. Your faith has been demolished. And I'm praying today by the Spirit of the living Christ, through the Word of God, by hearing it builds your faith. I pray you rise up in your faith today. You rise up in faith, not in me, not in your church, but in Christ, in Him alone. His faith becomes greater than your doubt. Write that down. God, my faith has to be greater than my doubt. Doubts are okay. Doubts can drive us to the heart of God. But doubts can also take us away if we stay there too long and we camp out and we don't ultimately look to Him. So God, we want to place our minds on you. But let me give you this posture that's so critical today, the third one. The posture of surrender. The posture of surrender. Lifted hands are just symbolic. They're a symbol for me of my heart. As my children used to reach out, reach out and go, Daddy, they would, hold, they would reach their hands to me and I would take them and hold them in my arms and pick them up. My heavenly father, your heavenly father this morning longs for you to reach your hands out to him, to the God of heaven, that he can hold you, that he can embrace you, that you can experience his love afresh, maybe for what you're going through today. You lift up your emotions, you lift up your thoughts, you lift up your situations to God. You, you link it to prayer. There, there's this freedom here. It, 
I think I've said it, but I, I want to make sure you're not going to walk out here and say, well, yeah, pastor said we got to all raise our hands. I, I didn't say that. There's not a command that you've got to raise your hands. It's just if you want to, you can. There's plenty of scriptural room to raise holy hands to the Lord. And the church said, it's a great thing. But look, don't go judging people that don't hold their hands up. I want you to hear this. I'm demonstrative. I want to hold my hands up. Some of you do. Some of you don't. I just want you to hear this. I want you to hold your heart up to Jesus. I want you to come with a surrendered posture and you say, Lord, my heart is open. My heart is hungry for you, God. Lord, I've tried the world and the world didn't satisfy. But Jesus, you're more than enough. So Lord, I surrender what I know of you and what I know of myself. I, I give it to you afresh. I like what this one guy said. Prayer is the lifeline of our relationship with God. Our God works in the atmosphere of prayer. So as Timothy says, lift holy hands in prayer without anger and without disputing, I think we'd say, what's the atmosphere in this room? Is it a one of prayer? Is it an environment? Is your home, is your life one of prayer? Is it one of doubt? Is it one of unbelief? He longs to hear the cry of our heart. People have asked me, well, you're talking about this posture thing, hands up and sitting, kneeling, standing, whatever. Does God get upset when I open my eyes when I pray? Certainly not. You can close your eyes. You can wink at him. You can open them. I, I don't think he really cares. I just think he wants to fellowship with you. He wants to love on you. He wants to direct you. He, he wants you to participate. I, I've got to say something else about worship today. Worship is not the warm-up act before I get up here. I don't want you to think Jeff Bush and the worship team is the opening act for Pastor Keith, or it's the band that they kind of do something before the main thing comes out here. It's all about worship 24-7, church. Do you get that now? And that's why I beg you to come in early. What worship does for me, what praise, the praise service, it lets me shake things off the world, the world off of me. It lets me get my mind focused on him. It lets my heart get a little more tender and sober and hungry and pliable to the things of the Spirit. How about you, church? That's what worship does. Praise and worship, the song part of the service. It's all worship right now. We're in worship. We're in the Word. When we're in praise, we're in worship. When you're walking out there across the parking lot today and you think about cutting in front of somebody, you're in worship. You're like, well, they were rude. I wanted to cut in front of them. I think you missed the point of this morning. You said, well, I had my hands up. Doesn't that make me good? I don't know what you had your hands up. It was probably not a holy gesture to the Lord. Just thinking, I don't know. I want you to raise holy hands to the Lord. Okay, let's, let's keep going before I get in trouble. The posture of the heart is open. God, God wants all of me, wants all of you for proper response. Romans 12, 1, just write it down. Present yourselves unto the Lord, who is your holy and pleasing worship. Lord, I present my body. I bring it to this altar, and I present myself to you today, Jesus. So many times I call you out and I ask you to come to God's altar and it's just to present yourself to the Lord afresh and new. And you know what I love about this church? Many of you have learned to participate in corporate worship. The other day was one of the greatest days we've had in a long time, in my opinion. We had an amazing service, a great presence of the Lord. I, I listed probably 15 strongholds and y'all just began to come out. And I prayed over many of you, but then I looked, and this whole altar all the way around was full. This whole section right here, oh, <laughs> fell down. Okay, this whole section right here, it was packed with teenagers. 
it was really kind of funny. I didn't know about it until Monday. I was talking to Blake. Blake said, you know, I went in to pray over one of my students. Said, I got up, turned around, and I like, you ain't going to where you're boxed in. <laughs> and they did a box on Blake. It was really funny. He couldn't get out. But you know what was beautiful about it? Blake just kind of took that posture, and he was praying for kids. And kids were praying over one another. And adults were praying over one another. There's a participation in worship. I just invite you to be a part of what God's doing. The posture of the heart, it's open. But sometimes our brokenness keeps us from surrendering. I pray we'll surrender afresh. I got, I got to give you a passage today that you're saying, man, he's putting this in the middle of this. I, I just feel led to you. I want you to turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Here's another part of posture. See, I'm talking about the demonstrative of expression to God, raising holy hands. That's a part of it. I've talked about an open heart. But I want you to look at this passage from Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Now, this would be a different worship service. We did one like this over the years, but just, just a thought. Maybe if you come at 945, we could do this. I don't know. Look at it. As you enter the house of God, keep your ears open and your mouth shut. Now, let's just stop there. Have we ever done that? Uh, probably not. Okay. It is evil to make mindless offerings to God. Don't make rash promises and don't be hasty in bringing matters before God. After all, God is in heaven and you are here on earth. So let your words be few. Too much activity gives you restless dreams. Too many words make you a fool. There's a time, I think, that we walk in here and we're just so quiet before the Lord. And in quietness and strength is our rest and is our salvation. So there's a lot of postures of worship. I, I just hope you'll begin to look at the Bible and say, God, I, I want to see what your posture is from my heart. But my prayer today is that you worship from the heart. You enter in here to worship. But listen, you don't just enter in here to worship. You leave to worship. You depart to worship. That you worship in your job. You worship in your play, your recreation. You worship in your family. You just worship 24-7. The other day I read a post on Facebook, and three of our teenagers said, wouldn't it be awesome, I'm paraphrasing, it was something like this, wouldn't it be great if our church was open 24-7 just so you could come and praise God? As teenagers said that. I went, man, that's pretty good. Now, we don't because there's a thing called theft and crime and People would come out here and be hauling sound equipment off because the word would get out. Hey, that church is open 24-7. Just go in and get some equipment. Wouldn't be good for the church. But our hearts ought to always be open for the Lord. There are plenty of times that we can come and worship here. Some of you, I know, come up here and you sit in your car in the parking lot and you pray for the church. What a wonderful thing. But I want you to think about this verse this morning. Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice, I will come in and and dine and fellowship with him and him with me. Jeff did a great song today, Come to the Water. Jesus is inviting us to come to him this morning and to fellowship intimately with him. That he promises he'll pull a seat up at the table and that he'll sit with us and he'll be there for us and there will be an experience of grace. There will be an encounter with a holy God. Talking about encounter, I told you we were going to be all over the scriptures today. I want you to turn over to Exodus. Can you turn there? It's the second book of the Bible. Turn to Exodus with me. Turn to Exodus 3. Here, I'll help you. It's on page 54, or 55. Is that good? Okay, good. 
You got the same Bible I got? Because <laughs> if you didn't, it won't work. Here we go. All right. Listen to this. In, um, in Exodus 3, one day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro and the priest of Midian. He, left the flock far, he led the flock far into the wilderness and he came to Sinai, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him, a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. And Moses stared in amazement, though the bush uh, was engulfed in flames. It didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why is it that burning bush or why is that bush not burning up? I must go see it. When, when I was reading this passage here, I see that Moses just has this encounter, this situation, this experience of, of the living God. There's this consuming fire that doesn't take out the bush, and it's always been kind of an intriguing thing to me because when I set bushes on fire, I, I remember one time as a kid, we were playing with fireworks. Uh, yeah, Pastor Keith was a pyro before he came to Jesus. No, I wasn't. I was just playing with bush and i remember i had a sparkler boy i was really a def defiant guy wasn't it and we were, we were playing with sparklers and i remember doing that number and it landed in this bush by this person's front door and all of a sudden the bush went <laughs> yeah and 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 it was engulfed and it was gone forevermore <laughs> then i had to knock on the door and let them know i burned their bush they weren't real pleased with me but i was a teenager i got away with it there was some grace but but here's here's the deal there's an encounter with god and, and, and he doesn't glance, he looks at God. I want you to write in your margin today. Are you looking at God? Are you glaring? Are you looking hard? Are you looking for the things of the kingdom? Are you just taking a simple glance? Are you encountering him? As you come into worship, as you worship in your home, in your car, in your life, do you just look to the Lord? See, it's easy to come in here and go through the songs. It's easy to come in here and maybe get moved emotionally. And sometimes it happens. But it's harder to focus on him. To focus. This morning I'm praying, God, give us focus, pure hearts. We get in your presence. I could take you all through the scriptures, and I would just talk about getting in the presence of God in Acts 3.19. Where the Lord is, there's refreshing. I pray that every weekend that the Lord refreshes you. As he refreshes me, he refreshes the body of Christ. There's somebody today, there's some that have come, they don't have Christ, and I pray you get refreshed that your sins are forgiven today. Many of you, you're in Christ, you're mature, you're immature. I pray you're refreshed by the presence of the living Christ. But then I want you to, you're in Exodus, I want you to turn over to Exodus 33. Turn to 33. Here he is, Moses, there's there, the great tent of meeting, and there in verse 7, 33, 7. Ooh, I, I love the way that sounds. Now, I got an iPad, and I love it, but it don't sound like that right there. D did y'all just hear those pages? That just make you want to give glory to God. Okay, here we go. It was Moses' practice to take the, the tent of, take the tent of meeting and set it up some distance from the camp. And everyone who wanted to make a request of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent of meeting, all the people would get up and stand in the entrance of their own tents. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. Now, I want to stop right there. They're like, now, now Moses, we, we know we need to get with God. We, we wanted somebody to go with God, but... And, and, and like, well, you, no, 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 we don't want to go, Moses. We want you to go talk to God. Would you go on our path, on our behalf, and be our intermediary? Because I'm a little scared. I'm, you know, I'm like, I might not make it out of there. Like, you know, he might consume me. 
Like, well, so Moses, you go, and, and the Bible talks about ten of meeting, and the presence of God was real and deep, and God spoke there, and he rose, and he worshiped. And then if you'll go down to 33, look at verse 11. Inside the ten of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. So today, I'm just wondering, is Jesus speaking to you this morning? Do you hear his voice? He's a gentle shepherd. You are the sheep of his pasture. Have you learned to recognize the voice of Jesus? Jesus, the one that stills the storm of your soul. This morning, in a tent of meeting kind of experience, have you had a face-to-face encounter with him? We're going to do some more worship here in just a moment. And my prayers are you're not going to go to the bathroom, you're not going to leave, you're not going to check out. You're going to worship. You've worshiped in the word. I pray you worship in the song part of the service. But I pray that you worship him face to face. Psalm 141.2. May my prayers be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. Psalm 88.9. I call to you, Lord, every day. I spread out my hands to you. But I will worship. You know what I'd say to you this morning? Worship is a choice. Are you choosing to worship? Are you choosing to be religious and go through some activity? I see Christ melt people almost every weekend in this service. I pray that he's melting you in his presence. He's molding you. He's conforming you to the image his son right now we're just gonna worship i'm gonna invite you to stand across the room i want you to know this altar is open and some of you just need to come and just worship at the altar you need to worship there some of you just need to stay seated right now that's fine some of you just need to stand some of you, you just need to do but you need to have an encounter jesus come may we meet with you face to face